Wisdom Eccentrics by Natchang Rinpoche, Chapter 14. Years later, whilst transcribing these stories, Kundra Datran, my wife, asked, So why didn't Zarpaltrol marry the lady? I thought about this question for a moment and it suddenly seemed quite hilarious. You know, I replied, I really have no idea. It seems that questions about these stories never end. Rinpoche never asked me that and the question never occurred to me at the time. Kandra Dechen mused, maybe marriage might have prevented him from sleeping rough with unlikely companions. Right, I grinned, and thereby benefiting people in the way that was characteristic of his personality display. Kandra Chen laughed. That's obviously the answer, at this point in time, at least. Chapter 14, The Village Nakpa Oh yeah, good morning, mighty Nakpa, Rinpoche grinned in an eerie manner. I greeted him and took my seat, wondering what this unusual greeting betokened. He sat gazing at me for five minutes without speaking, so I gazed into space, attempting to wait without waiting. Yeah, so, today. What? Rinpoche didn't sound angry. It was something else that I couldn't identify as any emotion I'd ever seen before. Whatever you feel is appropriate, Rinpoche. Rinpoche looked quizzical, but not angry. Are you tired of stories? No, Rinpoche. So you are happy to hear stories every day as long as I tell them? I nodded. And happy to answer Kunzang Dorje's angry questions? Yes, Rinpoche, although I'm happier when you're not angry with me. Yeah, when you are not Tomyor, then I am also happy, Rinpoche growled. But I had the sense that he was affecting the growl and that it wasn't entirely serious. Anyhow, maybe you will not be Tomyor today. What's your thinking? Ouch. Double-edged triple-edged question. I think what I want most is to avoid idiocy today. Rinpoche raised his eyebrows and I braced myself for a violently delivered question, but nothing came. Rinpoche simply displayed a slightly malevolent grin. Oh yeah, good. Anyway, so Paltrell was once roaming through the mountains. He was wandering as was his wont. He was somewhere or other in the mountainous area of Dergate near Katongumpa when he came across Gyarong Lama, an old monk who was evidently sincerely pious and devoted. Gyarong Lama noticed that, although quite ragged, Paltrell's tuba was maroon in colour. He naturally suspected that Paltrell might have some vague religious connections. 
they struck up a conversation as they walked together, and Gyarong Lama asked, You seem like a man who might be interested in religion. Am I right? Paltrow smiled and said, Yes, I am a Nyingma. Gyarong Lama, pleased by this response, questioned further, What have you learnt about religion? Paltrow hung his head a little and replied, Oh, this and that. The essence of this matter is immeasurably vast and subtle, and I'm just a village nakpa, you know. Gyarong Lama smiled in a paternal sort of way. Well, my friend, that's no reason to stop you learning a little more. If you'd like to come and stay with me for a while, I'll give you some coaching in these things. I'm not a good scholar or anything, but I know a thing or two about the teachings. Paltrow smiled appreciatively. Thank you very much indeed. I'd be grateful to accept your kind offer. That made Gyarong Lama happy, as he was never more pleased than when being useful in respect of religion. There's an excellent text by Tsar Paltrow Rinpoche called The Direct Speech of Kuntuzangpo, and if you like, I'll go through it with you. Maybe you've heard of this great Lama? Paltrow's eyes narrowed as if in slight confusion. Yes, I've heard that name, but I thought he was just the Nakpa like me. Gyarong Lama shook his head. Oh, good gracious, no, my dear friend, you are wrong there. Let me put you right. Tsar Paltrow Rinpoche is nothing at all like you. Oh, no, he's a very great Lama who presides over one of the largest Nyingma Gompas. Wherever did you get the idea that he was just a Nakpa? Paltrow looked a little sheepish. Well, he replied, suppose I must have heard that somewhere or other. I guess there's no accounting for what folks do say, but I'd be grateful to come and study this text with you if the offer still stands. It did, so Paltrow went to stay with the kindly old Lama. Almost immediately they arrived at his home, the instruction began, and good instruction it was. Gyarong Lama was no fool and seemed to have a clear understanding. Paltrow listened with interest to the precise explanations of his own book. After they'd spent a few days together in this way, it came to Gyarong Lama's attention that the very amazing and wonderful Tsar Paltrow Rinpoche himself was due to arrive at Katoggompa to give teachings on the very text the two Lamas had been studying. This is the most incredible opportunity, my friend. Now we have an opportunity to hear these teachings from the enlightened master himself. Paltrow looked astonished. Would they let a village Nakpa in to such a teaching? Sure, said Gyarong Lama. Don't worry about that. If you come with me, there'll be no problem. I'll vouch for you. I'll make sure that you get a good place to sit, a place where you'll be able to see and hear properly. Paltrow looked a little apologetic. You're very kind to help an old Nakpa in this way, but there's just one problem. Gyarong Lama asked what that was in case he could be of help. Well, said Paltrow, 
I've got a few chores to attend to before I go to Katog, but you can be sure that I'll be there on the day. I will arrive early and look out for you. It would not do for me to miss this occasion. Yarong Lama smiled. Good, let's meet there then. But, he added, maybe try to tidy yourself up a bit. It would be good to look presentable at the Gompa. Paltrell agreed. There's not much I can do about my hair, but I'll make sure that I look as smart as I can so I don't embarrass you. Paltrell took his leave from his gracious host and made his way to Katog. The day of the teaching arrived and Gyarong Lama looked around for his new acquaintance, the village Nakpa. Time was getting on and, not seeing Paltrell anywhere, he decided to go inside and wait. His friend had obviously been detained. He most likely would show up later. Tsar Paltrell Rinpoche was already there at Katolgomba, so it would be better to await his friend, the village Nakpa, in the Lakang. Seated in the audience of monks, Gyarong Lama stood up and offered prostrations as Tsar Paltrell Rinpoche was escorted to the high throne. But when he came to resume his seat, Gyarong Lama was stunned. He'd never seen Tsar Paltrell before and the sight that presented itself completely disoriented the old monk. This was the simple village Nakpa to whom he had explained the teachings of the great Tsar Paltrell Rinpoche. He was both horrified and bewildered. But Paltrell put him at his ease. Ah, there you are, my friend Gyarong Lama. I've been waiting for you as I promised. Lucky for me that you helped me with this text. It's been a long time since I wrote it. Paltrell then turned to one of his attendants. Please prepare a special seat for my friend Gyarong Lama. He really has a very good understanding of this text. You people should really study with him. Rinpoche gazed at me, rubbing his chin. And so, why does Paltrell make pretenses of this kind? I thought about this for a moment and replied, in order to teach people through skillful means about what is in their minds? Rinpoche yawned. Tom yawn. Yesterday, I think you are no longer a Tomyo. That was actually worse than him being angry. So I took an unprecedented plunge into utter insanity. I'd rather you were angry with me, Rinpoche, than bored with me. Can I answer that question again? Rinpoche shrugged as if to say, say something then. Well, Tsar Paltrell isn't entirely making a pretense. He just seems to be allowing the situation to flow in the direction that first suggests itself. Rinpoche didn't seem too interested in this reply, but at least he didn't sigh and say, He nodded in a desultory manner for a moment and said, So why this pretense? What did it prove? Wouldn't it be better for him to be straightforward in his dealing with people? 
That seemed a question I could answer. Yes, I replied, that's what I'd do. But if a person doesn't have realisation, then it's difficult to do anything else other than be straightforward. Rinpoche laughed heartily. Yes, you would think that would be so. But many Tomyors think that they can act in strange ways in order to show they have some special powers. Tomyors make a show of being humble in order to impress. Tomyors also make a show of being ignorant in order to impress. Tomyors who think they are Buddhist are sometimes not straightforward in any way at all. Yes, I commented, I've met with that quite often. Anyhow, Rinpoche continued, almost as if I had not spoken, assuming Paltrell has realisation, what is learnt from his not being straightforward? Be quick with your answer. Rinpoche was obviously a little tired of my slowness, so I dived in headlong. Gyarong Lama learnt not to judge by appearances. Maybe. Rinpoche nodded in vague approval. You know, many people have disrespect for the Gurkha Chandra day. Those who are not so famous that they cannot be insulted, they call village nakpas. You will find that there is often criticism of those who maintain the Gurkha Chandra, but this tradition had great honour in the past. You know this? Yes, Rinpoche, in the time of Ralpachan, the Gurkachandra day sat on the king's hair. They sat on his left side while the monks sat on the right. It was the Gurkachandra day who kept the lineages of the Nyingma alive through the time of Langdama's persecution. Ah, you know well then. Rinpoche poured eagle beer into two glasses, watching the levels rise in each with silent, spacious attention to each millilitre. When Langdama went in search of the Gurkha Changlo Day to destroy them, Sangye Yeshe manifested a black scorpion, the size of a yak above the king's head. Rinpoche chuckled quietly and wiped the beer froth from his moustache. Langdama promised then to leave the Gurkha Changlo Day in peace. This is an excellent story. I heard it first from Kyabje Dujan Rinpoche. Is it widely known? Yes, Rinpoche replied, but knowing and remembering the meaning are not necessarily the same. Rinpoche was silent and pensive for a while. Sometimes this story of Paltrow is told differently. Rinpoche noticed the look of curiosity on my face, but gave a dismissive wave of his hand to indicate that he was disinterested in furnishing details. I decided to leave well alone. It was a glorious afternoon and we walked up to the caves where Pamasambhava had meditated. When we returned, Rinpoche said that we should sit together. And so we spent the rest of the time until dinner in silence. Rinpoche occasionally shouted out the syllable as we sat 
and each time it jolted me into space. It was always a substantial period until thoughts re-emerged, and when they did, it was noticeably easier to let go of them. Rinpoche had asked me to stay for dinner on this occasion, and I was overjoyed. It seemed as if I'd turned a corner, and that I'd been accepted in some way. I was still capable of idiocy in his eyes, but I got the feeling that he accepted that I was trying extremely hard not to be an idiot. <laughs>